Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I'm excited to be here with some of my greatest friends in the whole world. And uh, I mean that because we're coming at you from all over the world today. A special edition of the podcast. We are, we're reaching many continents, many time zones. Uh, we've got Mac in Poland. We've got Matthew Johnson in Mexico and Jay Greer in Japan. Uh, give us a little update of exactly where you are filming from on this fine podcast day. I'm filming from my green chair in my living room in Tokyo. Mm. Um, and um, it's 9.40 p.m. That's what's happening right here. The kids are in bed. Happy Kids Day. Thank Back you. One down. Which is in central Poland. And we have one robot in the group. He's the one robot. Matt, while, while Mackenzie's internet catches up to his face, go ahead. Uh, I'm in my black chair in my office because we're naming the colors of our chairs uh, in Piedras Negras, Mexico. Boom. Mac, try again. We got roboted. Okay. Can you hear me now? Sweet. I'm in Piotrkov and I'm at the place. This is where we do most of our work out of. We teach English and things like that out of here. Um, and it's 2.40 Poland time. Awesome. Okay, I think probably what people are most interested in as you uh, give us a little bit of life and ministry updates today, tell us a little bit about how you've spent your coronavirus time. Uh, what habits or hobbies have you taken up, rekindled maybe, uh, books you've read, maybe a good movie or show you suggest for us, just, just, just fill us in a little bit on, on all that. You know, I actually, I didn't think I would end up taking up a, a new hobby, but I actually did. I actually started sketching again, not like I'm going to now. And that's actually what I'd like to spend the rest of the podcast time is showing you all my sketches. <laughs> actually, uh, I want to see one. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, um, we've had a really good time reading some some books the wing feather saga with with our kids actually the author andrew peterson was reading that out loud every day that was fun on his facebook and youtube i recommend it um so that's a audio book almost but you were watching it at the same time because you're seeing a guy read a book so that's been fun with our family it's kind of a movie and a book all in one there you go nice i want to see some of those sketches for sure <laughs> we're uh just hanging out with the kid really i just finished i just finished a semester of schools uh, last week so i was reading books for school and studying and doing that kind of stuff so um all, most of my reading is kind of in the academic circle i want to get i want to get more into novels and things like that you know uh more fiction but i just now that school's over, now I have time to read what I want to read. So I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe opening a book. I haven't started any new hobbies. I just watch Disney movies, play with Heidi, and cook food. To be fair, you're learning like three different languages right now. So that is your hobby. That is your hobby. Yeah. Um, Hebrew, French, 
and Polish, right? That's those are the the three you've been wading through this last year. Uh, yeah. How old is Heidi now? Heidi is one and a half. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. So is that November, October? When was she born? August, right? Something like that. August. Okay, cool. I have a one and a half year old, so I was like, I was just trying to put similar timeline. One yeah, and a half to a dad is essentially any time before one or before two, <laughs> but after one. So I get it. Matt, tell us uh tell us a little bit about your corona life so far. Doing a lot of not much. Um I mean we're trying to keep up kind of connectedness with staff and since most of us live right across the street from each other uh we've been able to keep doing meetings i've been doing bible studies and stuff where work we did hebrews with ragsdale which was tons of fun uh not as good as when i took it with kenny but you know nothing that good uh and now we're working through Ephesians, so lots of fun stuff. Figuring out how to lead a Bible study in two languages is interesting uh, and extra complicated. I guess that could kind of be my new hobby. I don't know <laughs> if I want it to be a hobby, but it's what I've got to do for now. Um, the started watching Tiger King because I really missed Oklahoma and I feel like it's just a one-to-one -one relation of what it's really like back there. It's not true. So yeah. the world is watching this from places other than Poland or Japan or Mexico. We don't live in a Tiger King universe here in Oklahoma. Okay. That's an it, anomaly. It does remind me more of Joplin than of Stillwater. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, Tell me a little bit about just how life for you, your family, and specifically your ministries has changed over this. I think um, obviously a lot more isolation and having to figure things out, but I think people would be curious. We kind of have our version. We know what that's looked like here, uh, but just fill us in a little bit about what it's like there for you guys, and maybe within that, talk a little bit about... Um, what you've kind of noticed as far as some cultural differences, just how the Polish people are reacting in a different way to probably people in Stillwater, or Japanese, Mexican people responding differently. So talk about those things. Go ahead, Mac. You start, Mac. You want me to start? Okay. Um, the, the Polish people have acted, I guess, differently than I would have expected. Um, the culture here is very uh, accommodating to the inconveniences. Obviously, there's a lot of economic issues that are going on that, you know, we don't, we don't have answers for. But I was, I, when I hear stories of what's happening in America, especially in the, the Midwest or, you know, some of the more rural states, there's the, an attitude that doesn't exist here. Most everybody, when we issued the... Uh, uh, some of the mask um, prohibitions or things like that, or how many people can go into stores. Um, you need to wear gloves, you need to wear masks all the time. Can't go, you can't go outside with more than two people. So like Olivia would take Heidi for a walk and I couldn't go or things like that. The Polish people just were like, okay. Because it's kind of like everyone has a grandma 
So they're going to make sure that nobody gets their grandma sick mm. by making sure they don't get anybody else's grandma sick. Sure. And uh, in America, it's been like, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. And, and so it's, 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 I thought that was really interesting, but people have, people have taken to it. Um, a lot of people are in a, in a, in a rough spot economically. As far as like what we've been able to do ministry wise, we typically we teach English um, and we hold events and we do workshops and seminars and things like that to get to get a foothold in our city because we're we're the ground floor. Like there's no there's one evangelical church here maybe, but it's it's not it's not well known. It's really difficult to make a lot of connections here. So we're on make people not afraid of us is really the step that we're in. And that is a lot of relationship building and taking care of needs that are in the community. So we really just transitioned everything to online as much as we could. And so we teach English um, all the time over Zoom and things like that with our students or over Facebook. So we're, we're seeing them, checking in on them, seeing if they have any physical needs that need to be met and things like that. So that's kind of our, that's kind of our MO right now. All of our services are online. And luckily we were equipped before that. We've always allowed our services to be viewable online um, as a way to kind of be a front door to people who are not capable of stepping through an evangelical door here. Because to step through an evangelical door um, is to uh, renounce Catholicism, to renounce your whole family tradition, to renounce your family heritage. Sure. That's a big one. So we, they, they discerned that that was a, a good way. So we were ready to kind of move online, but we're excited to get back together as a, as a community. Yeah. When did you guys have to start isolating in Poland? Uh, we started, we've been in isolation for about a month and a half. My last, let's see, I preached. My last sermon was on maybe the 8th or the 15th, I think. And we shut down on the 11th, maybe the 11th or the 18th. I think it was the 11th of- yeah, uh, Right around, same as us, I think. Of March. Yeah. Or sorry, not March. What were we? Uh, I think February, maybe? Something like that? Oh, maybe February. Time is so confusing to me right now. I don't know anything. <laughs> that's true. I think that's probably we could all agree to. Awesome, cool. Matt, what about you, brother? Um, I kind of lost track of which question we were on. I know Mac kind of bridged a few. Can you remind no, me where good. we were at? Uh, what's been different for you and for your ministry? And then how have the Mexican people reacted to all this that might be different than our Midwestern reaction? Um, well, Mexico kind of started to deal with things a little later than everybody else. But like we had almost no cases up until two or so weeks ago, we had less than a thousand cases in the whole country. Um, so we were slated to have a really, really busy spring season. We were gonna have a little over 200 volunteers in about five weeks, give or take, I've lost track of the numbers by now. Um, and then as things in the States started to change, those groups started to cancel, unfortunately. Um, so it was, kind of strange we went from going a million miles an hour planning and stressing out about our busiest season we've had in almost a decade to oh mm. uh we're going zero miles an hour now um so that was a little strange uh kind of trying to adjust to especially because things here hadn't stopped at all 
Like, you know, they're talking about all of these complications with flights and stuff and uh, kind of the early on things the United States started doing and we weren't seeing anything. Um, we started seeing a few restaurants really early on start doing like just takeout orders. But I mean, I was eating in restaurants into March, well into March even. Um, but the kind of weird thing is we're still actually ramping up some of the rules. They just made a rule where you can't have more than one person in a car. Um, which as far as I've seen, doesn't apply to, you can still have 30 people in the bed of a truck. Um, so that might tell you a little something about people's attitude towards it. Um, but I don't think I've seen really kind of the tension that you kind of see with the Americans towards it. Uh, it is obviously a much, an entirely different ball game because we had a lot of our major factories that are bigger employers shut down. Um, you know, the economic side of things is a lot more difficult here than it would be in the United States for sure. And so you have that stress really wearing on people. Um, we had some people on staff get some very unpleasant responses to people out in the city itself. And I mean, this is like Judy and Amanda who have lived here for 10 and 30-ish years, they're basically Mexican at this point. Um, but, you know, a very defensive stance of people seeing Americans in Mexico as, hey, they're coming to buy all of the stuff they can't find in the United States and we can't afford to stock up on it like Americans can. And so there, it, there was a good deal of tension with that. I never dealt with it personally, but I also avoid going to the grocery store because then I would have food. And because then you'd have to interact with other humans. So, exactly. <laughs> they don't have self checkout here. So, um, yeah, that's a little uncomfortable. Oh, the other thing, as far as like the whole border thing goes, you know, when was that that Trump and I can't even remember the Mexican president's name? They decided to close the northern border of Mexico, southern border of the US. Uh, that didn't really complicate anything for us because I'm a permanent resident of the United States. Everybody else that crosses is an American. Um, there's really no change there at all. It's a little weird being able to cross into the United States while having your whole face covered and they don't really even care to look at you. Um, but no real problems there. Mexico takes your temperature kind of at random coming back into the country, but we haven't had problems re-entering either. Um, so yeah, we're slated, I think, to start reopening in this city around June 1st. But I know some of the bigger factories are thankfully starting to spool back up and reopen, um, which will be a definite blessing. Are you guys gonna try and have any groups coming this summer or is everything just up in the air? We're still trying to figure it out. We are kind of thinking that with Texas accelerating their opening process, that might tempt uh, some of the northern states of Mexico to push to reopen as well. Um, but we're really not sure what's happening if on June 1st, everything is just like, yep, good luck. We would be, I think, rather willing to just say, hey, we can have groups. We've rescheduled most of our people uh, that we're willing to for this same year, uh, but mostly later into the fall because it's really hard to predict what Mexico will do exactly. Yeah. Awesome.
Well, thanks for all that. Jay Grierson, give us an update on life and ministry and COVID-19, sir. Yeah, um, you know, I think there's two things um, that, you know, I thought in the way that America responded to this has been different than um, Japan. Um, one is, uh, it's already been mentioned, the protests um, and just how it became a hot issue. Um, the other thing, as I observed um, in uh, media, is this kind of spirit of let's let's all come together to make this a, an enjoyable or just make the most of it. You know, um, you know, John Krasinski's making some good news stuff, sure. and hey, we're gonna we're gonna do a Disney sing along, and this thing is free, and you wanted this movie, we're all, we're gonna release it early, and there you go, and here's a Broadway show. We're gonna let's make this a happy we can we can do this thing, and it was just interesting to see that that wasn't part of the Japanese response, um, and there's there's even a, there's a word. Um, for like this like kind of grit your teeth and bear it um, in the Japanese culture um, which they've gone as a culture gone through really crazy things you know like the city I, I'm in has burned to the ground several times you know um, for lots of different reasons um, and you know with earthquakes and tsunamis and world wars and all these kinds of things um, every time the society just kind of says, all right, this is going to be, this is going to be awful. This is just going to be terrible. And let's just walk through it. Um, we're not, we're not going to have a sing along about it. We're just going to get, we're just going to go about this, you know? So that's been interesting to see that. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it kind of brings like interesting insights into both cultures in Japan and the U S mm -hmm. um, we're, we're just going to persevere and, I'm sure we can find some silver lining in here and we can make this a happy time. Um, for ministry, I mean, it, it couldn't be a more bizarre timeline for us. Um, we relocated to Tokyo and we're planning to launch the church uh, March 1st, um, February 27th, I think it was. The prime minister said all schools are shut down. Um, and so we're then having these realizations that if we do hold a service, um, you know, I mean, who's going to come, you know? And so uh, what they initially said is, hey, for two weeks, there's going to be this crucial two weeks, shut everything down then. And then probably after that, we can, we can ramp back up. So we ended up postponing the church launch, the weekly meetings by uh, two weeks. Um, and then um, we actually were able to meet twice, um, but we didn't, we didn't do a whole lot of promotion. Um, you know, the effectiveness of, of the gathering as a, as a, a tool for evangelism was, was, you know, way down. It was just, okay, let's let people that, you know, uh, you know, know about this and, and, you know, we'll kind of keep it quiet, but to just keep the, the crowd size small, let's get together and let's worship. And so we were able to have two worship services and then we haven't met since. So, um, because of that, we don't really have um, this congregation that we're trying to shepherd online. And so that's what I've seen um, is, you know, churches like Sunnybrook make this response of how are we going to shepherd our people online now? And we're saying still, how are we going to connect with people we don't yet know online? 
and how are we going to be online evangelists? Um, and that's been a really we weird, weird thing where if this would have happened a year ago when I was still, still a pastor in Osaka, I, I would be doing that same thing of trying to make sure that the people at this church were fed and cared for and all that. And still we're, instead, we're, we're very much in this place of trying to build a community online. And that's been odd. <laughs> um, what about like your family? I know we all know you married, you married up big time, Jay. We, it's well known, well documented. Yeah. Uh, your wife was always considered a rock star, but now she's actually like a rock star. She's a YouTube sensation. Um, how, how, how are Caitlin and the kiddos doing? Is this, is this that plug for squeeze box sister, the YouTube channel? Oh is yeah. Oh yeah. Totally, right totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, I mean, that's one of the ways she's spent her time is instead of leading worship on Sunday mornings. Now she's, she's always wanted to put together these, um, you know, some kids worship songs in Japanese um, and she's working on a few more right now for kids. And then also just some hymns that she'll sing bilingually in Japanese and English. And so, um, she's using her time in that way. And that's been really cool. Um, we've had a great time with our kids. Um, uh, you know, I, I feel like they always, you know, they're, <laughs> you're always wanting more time with your kids in normal life. You know, we're busy. They're at school. They're getting busier and busier and busier now. Um, our oldest turns 11 next week, you know, and so I just, you know, anytime a break comes, it's really, really nice. And so it's been a cool thing. Uh, their school was amazing where, you know, the prime minister announced on a Thursday, we're going to close down schools. The next day they went to school on Friday, they all, they brought home iPads and teachers have just picked up online education. So we're busy with them, keeping them, you know, on, on their tasks. Um, you know, like a normal school day, you know, I think they were wrapping up homework around four o'clock today. Um, and so they're definitely not sitting around, but we've had a great time just being around them, um, having family time and, you know, um, great conversations, meaningful things that are happening, you know, and um, trying to bring them in on, on the heaviness of this and, and how we should think as Christians. It's, um, yeah, I've just thought it was Really, it's been a sweet time for our family. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tell Frankie and Rowan that they better practice on their Madden for uh, next time I get there. Working on it today. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, Mac, tell me, is there anything from all of this uh, that maybe you guys weren't doing that you think you might hold on to and continue doing past Corona? I know there's a couple things for us, like yeah, we've had to do this. We are definitely stopping that as soon as possible. But there's a couple of those things that I think like might continue. I'm curious to see what you all at Pro-Am have uh, gleaned from this. Any any good that you will continue doing from it? Um, you know, I don't know if there's anything that we're doing now that we're really psyched to be doing. I think maybe the one thing that that we've actually, okay, okay, here's one. So we've actually tried this before and it just didn't work, but we wanted to get our youth to be able to meet together in like youth small groups separate from our Friday night flow group where they all meet together, we do a worship service and they kind of hear, hear a, a sermon slash devo. 
and it just never really took because during the school year, kids are just so filled with after school activities and things like that, club sports and stuff like that. So it's just been too hard. Um, I was talking with uh, the director over our church planting efforts the other day, and he was saying that he's really excited that we have had so many kids be involved in our flow groups. Mm. Um, so Olivia and I actually lead one. Um, we have some, uh, some Polish girls who know English very well, so that's why, that's why we have them. Um, and uh, we have some girls that we know, and actually we had to, someone invite someone else from Finland so she's kind of, she's joining in. So she's part of our Bible study. I don't know if she's a believer. Um, so we're going through the book of Haggai because they were like, I've never heard of that. So we, we decided, okay, well, well, we'll walk through Haggai together. And so I think that has been something, uh, it's been an answer to how can we disciple these kids outside of the time that we have them. It's really hard to develop, uh, develop young believers in our, for some reason, just in our context, parents just don't have the biblical knowledge um, to disciple their kids because most people are new believers that are a part of our congregation. We don't draw from other churches because there aren't really other churches to draw from. Um, so most of our people are like, we found you a year ago, you saw what we did, you got baptized, you left everything, you decided you wanted to work for us or whatever. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of, that's pretty common. And so in, in their traditional, in Catholic mass, in their, in, their, in their culture, they just don't know the Bible. So parents who don't know are teaching kids who don't know mm -hmm. um, if they're teaching at all. And this has been a way for us to be able to get that into place. So we have a spot. And we hope, actually, we hope that we can, uh, Raphael would like for us to keep moving this forward. So I think that's something that we can do, especially because we are one church in several cities. So like we have our, our main church plant, which is 10, 15 years old in Tamashu. Um, we have another church plant in Wood, which is about uh, an hour away from Tamashu. And then we're in Piotrkov, which is in between. We're about 40 minutes from both. And we don't have a church yet. We have no believers in our, in our context. Um, so it's better for us to connect all of our youth groups uh, together on an online platform than having kids driving around or, or being driven around because kids can't drive until they're 18 here. So parents are still driving kids well up into high school. Um, so the online platform, though we don't really like it, we've seen that this is probably going to be something we're going to try to keep going or disciple believers to be able to educate them on the truth that they uh, that they need to know in terms of okay i've accepted the gospel but now like now what yeah so that's, that's, awesome. that's awesome really cool I Man, think, any, yeah. anything you guys are doing or jay anything you guys are doing you think you'll keep well i want i want to have matt answer that too i just i think you bring up mac a, a benefit that we've seen as well um one of the jokes that that you know we've made is I used to live in Osaka, then I moved to Tokyo, and now I live on the internet. Um, and it's somewhat like all the geographic boundaries have gone away. I mean, this podcast right now is an example of that. Who, who do we want on the podcast? I don't have to buy anybody a plane ticket, you know, yeah. um, just throw everybody on there. And so that's next time. Yeah, it's, it's been fascinating where we've had some um, events where people from all over Japan have jumped in. 
And then we're getting these mature Christians and some of our older churches interacting with these new seekers. And it's just been incredibly valuable. But so uh, it's, it's cool to hear that that's been a, a benefit in other places too. Jay, what kind of like you say online events, what online events have you guys been doing? Uh, we have a Sunday morning uh, little teaching time called Theology and Coffee. Um, uh, we were really just trying to figure out how to avoid the name, the word church service, because uh, it's not that. It's a, it's a teaching time and then breaks out into a discussion. Uh, and then we have Bible studies. I just finished one four minutes before I jumped onto this. Um, uh, Tuesday night and Thursday night. Um, and then we have something called International Gospel Cafe, which is more for seekers, truth seekers, people who want to have a deep conversation. That'll be tomorrow night, every Wednesday night. And so these are different ways that we're trying to connect. And um, then we have another guy on our team who runs English Outreach. Um, and he'll do that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from two to five. It's just people who just are lonely in their apartment in isolation, jumping on to talk. Um, he was just telling me he had 15 people. I mean, which, I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago, he had two, you know, and it's just, um, growing quite a bit. And then he's trying to funnel them into these times where they're going to be able to interact with gospel content. That's awesome. That's awesome. Matt, what about you guys? Any, anything you're keeping or is it just, we're, we're ready for the next stage of existence? Um, no, there's definitely nothing we're keeping. Um, so if I can talk about something a little more depressing that I kind of missed in the first go around, just in terms of what's changed, because it is a big part of it, it's just kind of a big piece to handle. Um, so one of the things we've been able to do, you know, I talked about our groups being canceled and all of that. One of the things we've able, been able to kind of focus on and run with as much as we could through this is our work with refugees and immigrants. Um, we were able to really get things rolling earlier this spring. We were doing a lot of events, getting them connected uh, to each other, basically trying to kind of network um, the refugees and immigrants that are in this city already. Um, most of them are from Venezuela. Um, and so they're going through the asylum process with the U.S. So they're here for, you know, eight, nine, ten months, give or take. And that was before this kind of changed everything so we we're working really hard at that helping them with uh legal paperwork and stuff bizarrely the united states doesn't let you do any kind of legal paperwork in other languages and they don't offer translations it it was a really interesting process to go through um so we've been continuing to work with immigrants and refugees as much as we can um, and like I said, we're still kind of in the dialing up phase about a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, the city, which kind of has an anti-immigrant stance in general, um, decided, you know, this is, these people are basically a health hazard. And so they shut down every shelter in the city and said, if you guys can't get housing on your own, we'll put you on a bus. We'll send you to someone, some other city, you'll be someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. kind of the abbreviated version um and so that kind of started to change things then we had to start closing down some of our facilities because you know when you work with these kinds of groups you have to 
by virtue of it, you just have to work with as many people as possible at once. It's not something where you can do one-on-one -on -one and kind of quote unquote effectively make the change that you're hoping for. And so up until I think two and a half weeks ago, we still had our soup kitchen open. We had, we're feeding like 65, 70 people every day. Obviously the city didn't like that for very long. So that's had to change too. Um, so we're working more now with, um, you know, helping people. A lot of these people have been here long enough. They've started new lives here, even if they're just kind of a transitional life before they get into the United States, however that process works for them. Um, but, you know, they've lost their jobs because the factories are shut down and things like that. So trying to connect them with people that need work done, that can afford to pay people to work, helping people find new shelter, places to stay, things like that. Um, and then kind of all of that extrapolated for these people. A lot of my friends that are Venezuelan were like, hey, you know, my court date's May 16th. And it's like, well, the border's closed and you're not allowed into the United States. So that's gonna be sometime between May 16th and I think right now they're saying they'll probably kick it back to September. And so, you know, there's that drastic change of, you know, I'm finally expecting this transitional phase to at least continue or progress and now there's this oh no limbo just keeps getting longer mm -hmm. um so unfortunately we don't have any like super exciting you know we're seeing great progress kind of out of the opportunities and changes that this has brought um but it has given us some opportunities to meet needs in different ways um but we're definitely looking forward to going back to how things were sure no, that's great. Thanks for sharing all that. I think it's as part of the value of doing this podcast because with the different contexts, we just assumed and obviously proving true that this is affecting each area in different ways, and some positive, some negative. And so I appreciate mm -hmm. you keeping us updated on all that. Um, probably this is probably our last question I want to hear from you guys. Um, and then we'll probably have to wrap it up is um, what has God been teaching you slash how has he been refining you? So you as a, as a minister through all of this and, um, maybe share a way that we as a church can be praying for you and your ministry. So refining in prayers. I think, one of the things that I have been learning or wrestling with is, you know, I'm not a take it slow, um, be methodical kind of person. Um, so I, I intentionally had conversations with the ministers here and the leadership here early on so I could get an idea of maybe what our plan would be in terms of planting a church uh, in our city. And two to three years is not is not something a young, fresh out of the gate, Bible college Johnson man wants to hear, you know? And, uh, but obviously like we trust them, they've been here, they know way better than I could ever possibly know in terms of what's best for the health of the church. And this, this imagine like having the, the wind taken out of your sails thinking, okay, two, two to three years, like we committed five to eight, so that's half the time. Half the time we're just gonna be laying groundwork if we're lucky if we're lucky half the time it's just groundwork um and then everything gets put on pause 
and there's no there isn't really an end in sight to to our our to the situation and i'm i just was i remember going through a period of just absolute frustration um and i shared that with rafael and i said like i gotta do something man i'm i'm dying here um i'm teaching english online and i'm seeing my people but i i feel like i have to do more and you know i'm sure we've all somewhat felt that, that there's got to be a way to get out from inside this box and you know that hasn't changed yet and uh w what i've been trying to understand i'm not saying i've got this yet what i'm trying to understand is like i'm not i'm not press progressing in in the way that we'd like to see ourselves progressing on right? your timeline you're on the on the mac timeline yeah yeah like i'm not we're not moving forward i'm not as a man like i'm not moving forward i'm not achieving my goals i'm not you know whatever it is and just relaxing because we all know god is gonna do what he wants to do god's gonna god's gonna be glorified through this we all know that things that we're doing will serve to advance the gospel but it just in the midst of it it just feels like we're not going anywhere sure and so i've been i've been wrestling with and, and trying to trust trying to believe trying to have faith that i don't have to even I don't have to feel like we're going anywhere for me to be okay. Um, I need to believe that, that God is moving the mission forward. He's doing it with me and he can do it without me. And he's doing it around me and he's doing it around the globe. And it's hard to, to it's hard for me to find peace and rest and know that that is what is happening. I would rather feel it to know it but right now I'm not feeling it and I have to know it. There's no option. Like not trusting God is not an option. And so that's, that's been uh, the, the main theme of what I'm, what I'm wrestling with right now. That's good. That's good. Jay Greer. Yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of things. Um, I heard, um, uh, Craig Groeschel say, I know you guys like to always quote Craig Groeschel on the podcast, uh, said a crisis brings clarity. <laughs> and I think uh, that's, uh, I think that's been true. Um, where, you know, so many of your methodology gets taken away and you and, and you uh, then have to jump back and say, um, okay, what are we actually trying to do? We're trying to get people to, to hear the gospel to give them a chance to believe. We're trying to take the, uh, those who are uh, believers, we're trying to see them sanctified uh, in the word of God. Okay, how do we do that? Can we still do that online? How do we, you know, is it possible for us to push someone in sanctification and becoming more like Jesus through this? Yeah, it is, we can get it. We, how do we do that? Um, so it, it's it's really helped us in our ministry and, and, um, um, and me as well to try to, to, to get down to what those, those basics are. Um, also as, a uh, as a, you know, someone who has some, some degree of leadership where we have a team and, um, uh, one of the things that 
I, I continue to need to, to, to think about is trusting, you know, part of what would give us peace and, and what Mac is talking about is this idea of trusting God's sovereignty in all this. There's also a degree where I need to trust that someone else will trust God's sovereignty in it. Uh, uh, if I don't, um, I will worry that they're uh, upset with me in this. Is, the, is any of their frustration going to be directed at the leadership that we we don't respond differently or the situation's not solved uh, quick enough? Or hey, I'm, I'm I'm just twiddling my thumbs over here. I got to have more. I got to have more to do in the season. What do I do? And needing to trust that they will also grow in trust um, in that time. Um, and uh, that's that's been a big thing and a thing that I've had to remember and remind others and remind our team of is there it's it's impossible for this to not go well for God's church. Hmm. No matter what, you know, just like Mac was saying, God is glorified in this. Um, everyone will go to, get on the other side of this and see, I see you how I see how God worked this for our good. I see how this was ultimately the best thing for, for his glory and his mission and, and his pride. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm telling myself that I'm telling others that, and, um, yeah, it's a, it's good to have the opportunity to, to be able to press into those good things. That's good. Matthew. Um, I mean, a lot of my feelings are like how Mac was talking about, you know, we kind of went through a big downturn uh, in our field here in Mexico in 2010, 11-ish. Um, and the rebuilding process has taken a long time. Uh, and so, you know, we had, like I said, we had super high hopes for this spring. We were going to make tons of progress. Uh, you know, we were going to finish a house. We were going to build a whole second house. And that was just in the spring. And, you know, then all of that is yanked out from under you. And so you feel like you're making so much forward progress that not moving, like Mac was saying, feels worse than going backwards. Like you've invested so much time and energy in preparing for the next steps. And now you don't know where the next step is. You don't know, you know, when you're allowed to take the next step, much less what it is, uh, which is terrifying. Um, and so that brought a lot of, you know, confusion and frustration like this whole situation has for just about everybody on earth. Um, but, and, you know, that kind of starts to compound things and it starts to bring out the fears, you know, is this going to be what sets us back and prevents us taking that next step ever? You know, it took almost eight or nine years before we were able to make, prepare ourselves for kind of this level of involvement from our partners in the States. And will the delay of that mean that it just, you know, it's another eight or nine years. And so I went through a lot of kind of frustration and confusion and uh, all of that fun stuff that's not fun at all uh, as far as how this situation could go. And I, I really just kind of had to learn to let go of it. You know, this wasn't, this is an entirely different scenario than kind of what uh, derailed the progress of our ministry, you know, all those years ago, um, you know, I have to really learn to trust and believe in our partner churches in the United States. You know, we had some that uh, basically were racing the clock to get here before 
you know, their home churches could basically change their minds about if they were allowed to come down here at all. You know, I saw some incredible passion and love for this place and these people and this mission um, that really kind of, as I started to reflect on it, you know, even in the churches that weren't able to make it, the speed of, you know, people's willingness, you know, what can we do? What do, how can you help us to understand what's going on? Uh, really did a lot to comfort me and ease kind of that tension and that stress that I was feeling as far as what are the next steps I, I still don't know like I said we don't know when we get to take those maybe it'll be uh, this summer which would be awesome but even if it's not um, like Mac and Jay were saying you know this is going to work out for the glory of God and for the benefit of his church one way or another and it doesn't matter if Matt enjoys it at all so <laughs> good the joy of god's sovereignty come on um 30 second response to how we can be praying for you guys we need uh connections new connections with uh non-believers in tokyo okay. uh via the interwebs Uh, same. We want to take advantage of kind of everyone feeling like the foundation has crumbled to be able to offer them a new foundation. And this is a great time to do that. And so we want to, we want to find these people who are in need, fulfill all, all the needs uh, that they have. So we we're looking for connection as well. Uh, ours would probably be just figuring out what direction we go with our immigrant ministry moving forward um because of kind of the steps the city has taken to remove this as what they see as a problem uh from their hands and toss it in someone else's lap uh so we have to kind of figure out how they'll allow us and what ways we can kind of work around uh kind of what they would rather have happen with these people uh so that we can care for them and love them like the children of god that they are awesome Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your various time days uh, to be here with us. We do love you guys so much and are so thankful and encouraged by all that you all do. Um, none of them mentioned this, but just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, continue to pray for the support, the financial support also for these ministries as everyone gets a little uneasy about the finances with keep your our missionaries in your prayers and if you're able to do anything please consider it um yeah we love you guys uh thanks for our listeners joining us uh we look forward to getting back with you soon